Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast, the risk-tickling world of virology, brought to you by the dynamic duo of two Montreal watch enthusiasts. Enjoy dad jokes and bad puns as we deep dive into new releases, trends, reviews, and everything watch-related. Now sit back and rest assured you'll have a good time. Welcome back to the Big Black Clock. We're now at episode, episode a lot. It is, we're recording this. In the hundreds. After, I think, two events that kind of inspired this this episode, which was, I think it's called Singles Day, which is like the 11th of November. And then it was just Black Friday a couple days back. And Singles Day, if, you, if people don't know about it... Is this something to do with craft? Oh, Jesus. And you know what? I don't know if people outside of Canada will get... The, do they have craft outside of Canada? Yeah, craft is... I'm pretty sure craft is Do they is say craft singles in the US craft, or is it... I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Interesting. Don't know. Um, Craft singles. Craft is um, a cheese producer, and singles are like the slice of cheese you put on, like on a sandwich or a burger of some sort. Craft is like I think they make everything except like cars. Yeah, but craft singles specifically is the cheese, right? Black Friday was just upon us. Singles Day. Singles Day, I think, is a big day for AliExpress. A lot of sales, a lot of very aggressive sales. Kind of like the Amazon has Prime Day stuff like that, right? So what we were looking at, and you know, maybe I'll just set some context about. I had this idea. A, a while back because I was thinking about it and there was something specifically that jumped out at me. I don't know if you guys remember, Dan Henry came out with their fur, with a diver, a skin diver, maybe about a year ago. Uh, and you can kind of look it up. They have a, a, like maybe four different like color combinations with a different dial color and a different bezel. And it just comes with, um, you know, just different forms of it. And I often, like I read about it and I was reading the comments most people were very disappointed, believe it or not, in the, um, I guess, the quality of the watch. And then one of the comments said, like, guys, this is all, this is all from China anyway. He just stamped Dan Henry by it. And it really got me thinking, because I think we made the episode here about the micro brand versus the big brand. Why look at micro brands? And now I think we're kind of going to take that next step and say, well, micro brand versus you know, Chinese brands, because they're essentially coming from there. What's the difference? And can you build a very nice collection with these Chinese brands? That was a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. I think it's a lot of fun. But before we do that, let's jump into a, a wrist check. Dimitri, what are you wearing this week? So I finally received the Nevada Gretchen Colonel nice. King. That's the Paul Newman limited edition that they made. The one that I think, I don't know, like sometime in the summer when we were recording the episode, I was looking at that watch and I literally pressed by it now as we yeah. were recording the episode because just the colors really popped. Everything, like, I really liked it. Is it everything you wanted it to be? Honestly, I think it's even more because I have, um, like, I've always wanted to, to, to have a um, Nevada Gretchen and wanted to kind of experience how the build quality is and, and so on. But like it's really impressive. This is the VK sixty four, I think, movement Seiko, the the Seiko Mecha Quartz. So just because of that, that's a chronograph watch. But because of that VK movement, it's like very let's say affordable for a chronograph. Or I think it was like around like five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like uh, the build quality is fantastic. Uh, the watch is super nice. It, like the sh the case shape, the dimensions. It's thirty eight millimeters. Beautiful watch. I posted the picture recently on our uh, Instagram, so anybody who wants to see can check it out there. Even the strap is quite nice. The strap is quite nice. Yeah. I, you know, it puts it into perspective. Very impressed. If, very impressed. if Guillaume Ledet didn't 
revive Nevada Gretchen? Would it have the same cachet, the same popularity? It's a reissue of that catalog. I guess we'll never know, but it puts it into perspective when it comes to to that the the what the name carries for those micro brands, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe it kind of ties into this discussion that we're having today. Is uh, the the just people are pretty much still making the same watches, like the the Nevadas. They they came from Hong Kong. The, it's using a Seiko movement, right? So it's right. might as well you could you could probably assemble something like this by yourself using Alibaba or any other tools from there. Yeah. Except that by having the brand name, you're allowed to staple, staple like put the brand name on the on the dial. Yeah. And uh, apart from that, like I'm, I'm sure you can create something similar looking. Maybe not a, not to the same exact obviously dimensions and quality, but it is a. It is an interesting kind of way to look at watches uh, going through Alibaba. You know, make a, I'll make a point to that later because I think that the quality is going to, because I think there's a link to counterfeiters that have gone, created an AliExpress shop. Courget is this Chinese brand. And oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, you can look it up. Apparently, it's the Chinese. They used to counterfeit, make replicas of Tudor, and now they're like, oh, they're going clean. Jeannot's an example of that, right? But very good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of them. I mean, if you want an homage again, we'll get into that. But you can Just straight up copies at this m- point. Pretty much get like a spec for spec yeah. exact replica of a watch yeah. you want. It's just not going to say the brand name, but it's going to say something else. What are you wearing? I, in honor of you, I'm wearing Raketa um, Peteroff. Big Zero. Uh, this one is uh, a 1980s um, example. You're supporting the Russian economy by buying watches. You're supporting the Russian economy. Well, this was actually made in the USSR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this one uh, uh, from the Raketa Pedro Vertz, right? That Pe- Pedro. Pe- Pe- Pedro. Exactly Vertz. what you said. Um, uh, that was the, the firm that produced this watch. So, yeah. Wearing that today, they make some super nice watches. I've checked them out recently. Raketa, yeah. Uh, also, not cheap. Really, really cool things. Yeah. Yeah. No, not cheap. Good. Not cheap. Not any. Any longer. releases you want to talk about? Oh yeah, go for it. So, first one, Seiko. I'm sure you've heard of that small uh, little Japanese brand, yeah. up and coming, revived. <laughs> no wait, they killed everybody. They don't revived. They're the one that destroyed everything. Yeah. Uh, they have revived, well, reintroduced their Marine Master series. So it's like the the higher spec, let's say the most expensive divers that they have that I think initially were introduced in 2000 and, and went through a few different variations. The biggest new difference, I think, with that new Marine Master is that unlike the previous iterations of it, I think there was three different versions prior to this, they were, you know, first of all, they were bigger. They're bigger case shape. They were, the crown guard was at four o'clock. Now they did a complete departure from that and created a watch that very similar, very resembles a lot the SPB series that was very popular in the, when it was released a few years ago, the 62 mass versions. In terms of dimensions, it's pretty much the same as the SPB 143, but you know there's a lot of little differences that you can see almost immediately. It has a higher grade caliber, which you know we'll talk about whatever the price is justified or not. Uh, obviously, the you know it has a nice, nice five-link bracelet that has like polished and different, like different polished surfaces. The bezel is very nice as well. I like that the knurling on the bezel is super pronounced. There's a, a lot more texture on the dial comparing to the regular SPB one forty three. But in general, you know you're you're getting a watch that's much significantly more expensive. 
And I think when I say significantly, I mean it's about 3,400 euros or something like that. Yeah. So like 5K Canadian dollars. Which um, you'll probably be able to get for 4K, but that's still, that's Tudor Black Bay money. I think, I think, yeah. So it is a, for sure going to be a super nice watch. I'm sure if you want to put it on your wrist, it's amazing because first of all, it's not, I forgot to mention, it's also not going to be uh, 44 millimeters now. It's uh, 40. I think it's actually 39.5 even. There are, I think, three color variations, and one of them is a limited edition. The white or silver one is the limited edition, and then you have the black and, um, I think, a blue that are standard uh, non-limited versions. Uh, but, yeah, like, visually, beautiful watch, new, uh, higher-grade movement from Seiko, but the price, oh, my God. Yeah, it's that higher-grade movement, yeah. I don't... But I, I can't... I don't know if I can justify the price. Sure, it's a high grade movement, but you know it's still like fifteen seconds per day. It's probably for the it's, not, it's for the Seiko to, path. You know, the person who the person who buys that gold tutor has every other tutor. You know what I mean? It's the people who love Seiko yeah. just can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, no, like the other, the other thing is that the water resistance went down from three hundred meters to two hundred. Right. No? Uh, yeah, the MM three hundred was uh, three hundred meters. That's right. So I knew this one isn't it. It's kind of a new like, while I do like the watch, but I, I gotta see it in person because the problem is like the bracelet also doesn't have micro adjustments, right? So there's a lot of things that you like, okay, well, why is it then that's so expensive? Apart from the movement itself, what is it in this watch that makes it so expensive? Yeah. I guess you have to see the finish and compare it to an SPB. I'm sure it's gonna be much different, but even then, like five K, even four K Canadian dollars, you can get a lot of stuff for that price. Oh yeah. That's uh, much better, I Absolutely. think, than this. But uh, yeah, nice. I like it apart from the price. Everything, I agree. Is, everything else is great. My first release, Mayan, came out with a reveal. Not being sold yet, it'll be sold during Christmas, but they came out, I think, with a home run. The Manhattan 39, ultra thin. So they went from the 37, they went up to a 39, so it's a little bit bigger, but it also becomes thinner. How much you say? Actually, 26% thinner. So it actually went from 9.3 to 6.9 millimeters thick, a 26% reduction. This new ultra thin comes out with four different colors. You got a green, a blue, this other like lighter blue, and then like a gray, so to speak. They now have a manual wind movement, 100 meters of water resistance. The the my uh, the Eta 7001, which you find it's a in multiple um, thin watches, really allows it to stay uh, to keep thin. That's what the Nomos used to use when they started making their watches. Um, and and here, I think the home run is some of the the little bit of the differences. The main one in attention to detail that I noticed is that they fixed the logo. I don't know if you noticed it. They fixed the logo. That was one thing I'll be love their brand quality. I have never liked the way they write Mayan. It looks like something they chose in Microsoft Word a font and went with that. Meanwhile, here they really went with this beautiful old font. It makes me think of like when Bulova started using the old font of Bulova instead of the new one, which just looks like some TypeScript in a font in Microsoft Word. Wonderful watch. I'm going to buy this watch when it comes out in pre-order. Oh, yeah? And, oh, yeah. And I think it's something like 875 euros. So it's like less than 1500 bucks. This is going to be a great, great watch. Really just a beautiful, unique design. Uh, good on mine to make those changes. You've seen mine, right? When I when I had mine, my, mine, when yeah. I had this. What about it? When I, I, when I yeah. owned this Manhattan. I mean, not the Ultra Thin, but the regular one. You, you uh, like, you, you, so you like the watch enough, let's say, not to, 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 
to buy only after the, the reduction in, in No, uh, I thickness? think what I like is that this one's bigger. The other one was 37. It felt a little small. This one, uh, it's not the thickness didn't bother me. The logo bothered me. It bothers me on all their watches mm. now. If they put this logo on all of them, it's going to be excellent. I do not like the way Mayan is written on their other ones. It just looks like something that I could have put in AliExpress. I'm sorry, no offense, but they make really high quality watches. You know, I just don't like the way they write Mayan on their on their watches. It looks like it could have been photoshopped in there. This one looks better. Anyway, that's just, it's just a personal subjective thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the open case is also yep. open. But I said the open case well, is also open. That's I nice. hope so. Good, good, good phrasing. <laughs> I hope so. It wasn't to be like, uh, yeah, sure. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's my uh, first release. We're recording in the morning now, thinking that uh, I'll be sharper. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> same brain. <laughs> it continues to not work. The um, I like the baby blue one. It's oh, yeah. beautiful. I was looking on the on the website, and the open case back is nice. Yeah, I'm curious. So yeah, I'll wait for you to buy it, and then yeah. I'll try it on and decide if I want it or not. All right. Okay, I have a Go another one. Another Seiko. Uh, this one is a chronograph. So Seiko has introduced two new models to the um, uh, Prospect Speed Timer Mechanical Chronograph line. It's the reference SQR zero forty seven. And the 100th anniversary limited edition SQR049. So I think they're beautiful watches. They're both 42 millimeters, only 14.6 thick. And I think that's awesome, especially for Seiko chronographs or, you know, that chronographs of that level. They, I think, feature a automatic mechanical movement. That's the Seiko Caliber 8R48. It's a column wheel vertical clutch, 45 hours of power reserve. Visually, I think they are beautiful watches. It's like the Panda and the Evil Panda style. I think the regular Panda is the uh, limited edition one. Uh, they feature a date window at four o'clock and the three subdials also come like in a pretty nice looking bracelet. You can get it on the leather as well, but like the pictures on the leather are amazing. Like it's to me almost doesn't look like Seiko, if you know what I mean. It looks almost like um, too elegant, too pretty for a Seiko. Seiko is more robust, let's say, in my head when I look at designs that usually follow. Right. Um, what else? The pricing on this is, I think, decent for an automatic mechanical chronograph. It's $2,700 uh, for the limited edition, and that's US dollars, and $2,500 for the non limited edition. I think it's a great watch. Really like it. I would love to see it in person. Uh, like, all of the everything about the design for me, I'm sold. Great. Have you? What are you? What say you? Same. So honestly, same. I'm. I always, even despite the prices, when I, I always like to see them in person. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one in person. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that uh, a lot of people are going to want to buy a lot of people. And are buy this watch. coming up in mm -hmm. December. It's December, right? Okay. Yeah, and I just sent you a. Some screenshots. We'll we'll post them maybe on the, on our Instagram as well, and definitely yeah. in our show notes. I yeah, and I think it's an improvement of their last automatic movements uh, speed timers, which were yeah the quartz ones are very nice, but these ones are uh, very handsome. The the other one looked like sport yeah. like stopwatches. The other uh, chronographs. Yeah, 
I did not like them at all. They they, they yeah. were bezel, and they, they were meant to look like stopwatches because I think that's where the inspiration comes from. But it it puts into perspective, like you know, you can make a really beautiful chronograph, and for the person who wants that Seiko chronograph that's higher end in their collection, this might be the one for you. All right. So my last, let's go last release, then let's jump into the subject real quick. Longines made a splash <laughs> with the return of the Longines Legend Diver, a compressor watch that was released, I think, in 2016, like just the late 2010s. They had a, a, a beautiful a compressor style uh, Legend Diver made its way to be a staple within um, their lineup. The only complaint we always saw was very large, 42 millimeter with like a 51 52 even millimeter lug to lug it was just a very pronounced watch they've now come out with the revamped legend diver in 39 millimeters you can find it it's about three three thousand usd on the nato and 3200 usd on the leather bracelet so you want to get on that bracelet and then get a leather nato afterwards it has a cost certified movement a more modern design and it has a stainless steel bracelet, which is the first time that we see this. You did not have this on the last model. Um, 300 meters of water resistance. This thing is competing. And sorry, 20 millimeter lug width. So what do we have here? We have a compressor style diver, the black and blue, uh, a chronometer certified movement, 300 meters of water resistance, and it has an ISO 764 of magnetic resistance. This thing competes with the likes i'm looking at it black bay 58 five thousand dollar divers this is three thousand us 3200 you take that seiko you mentioned first and foremost this one goes well suck on this <laughs> right this is a beautiful rendition the blue yeah. is stunning and anyone who likes a compressor style watch uh, this might be the one you were waiting for by longine nice touch on the no date really love that it's very elegant and the bracelet, sorry, I didn't mention it. Double folding clasp, but it's like this beads of rice. Just a very beautiful, elegant watch. Very much looking forward to this one. <sighs> Definitely on a short list. If someone's looking for a blue diver, even the black one's fantastic. What do you think of this? It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you know, oh, it's, it's amazing. And again, it goes to say about that Seiko Marine Master release. Like this is the same price, but better. Yeah. Pretty much everything I'm looking at is better in here. Uh, finishing like uh, one thing about the Seiko also that the crown isn't, doesn't have a logo on it, right? It's a yeah un, un, unstamped crown on the <laughs> Marine Master. Like you're paying five k for a watch That's right. that doesn't have any logo on the crown. That is nonsense. That extra? You're absolutely right. Yeah, and I don't think the move. I don't think the movement is cost certified. I have I'm sure um, that they calibrate it. No, it's not. It's, yeah, they it's don't like plus so. minus fifteen so seconds per go. day. Very beautiful watch, rhodium plated arrow hands. You see it, the super luminova. Yep, great watch by Longines. They're still killing it this year. Really, really nice watch. Also, three hundred meters yep. versus the Marine Masters two hundred. And again, like it's really pretty much better at everything. Uh, yeah, this one is an amazing. The blue is fantastic. I wanted to do a quick uh, uh, soundbite on the last one uh, from Citizen. Yes, go ahead. They've released the Citizen Challenge Diver Automatic which is kind of almost meant to take that niche for of Seiko SKX. So it's the uh, 41 millimeter, 13.7 in height, 200 meter water resistance. It, it, it looks just like a SKX if it didn't have a crown guard at four, but at three o'clock. ISO 6425 certified, and it's only 270 euros. It's a good price. So 400 yeah. bucks, like a solid, 
automatic movement. Yep. That's a caliber citizen caliber 8204. 45 hours, hours of power reserve. It's a three hertz movement plus minus 20 seconds plus minus 10 plus 20 seconds per day. It has a date date window. Like literally, it's an SKX. And it's taken almost to me almost exactly that niche that SKX left when they discontinued them. And there's multiple different color variations. So there's a lot, actually. I think at least three, if not more. I like what Citizen is doing with their divers. You know, the ones, the um, their skin divers specifically. They're, they're quite attractive. And they have that brand lineage. So a lot of people really like Citizen. A lot of trouble attaching myself to it. But maybe... And again, we said we got to do an episode. We're going to do one. That'll be the next one. We'll do a citizen episode. Let's do an episode, yeah. All right. Jumping right in, Chinese watches, AliExpress. Um, so what we said, we said, okay, what's the biggest difference that we see between micro brands and AliExpress? So I'll jump in. I think the biggest difference is the story or the identity behind it. But what does that cost? What is that identity? What's the value of that? When you speak to someone who doesn't know anything about watches, you could say any name, really. San Martin. And whether I say that or Baltic, they'll be like, okay, that all of that doesn't mean anything to me, right? <laughs> like, Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're, you're saying Tudor or Rolex or Omega, <laughs> they probably don't even know what you're talking about. So what does that value mean? What does that, in terms of value, have to you? So I think that's the first basis that we see there. Do you have, what are your thoughts on that, Dimitri? The biggest difference between a micro brand and these AliExpress brands. So it's every time I go to AliExpress, it amazes me of what you can find, what's available there. It's almost like you can pretty much find anything you want as long as you know exactly what to look for. But I think brand identity, oh, sorry, brand identity is obviously lost on AliExpress. You you're getting like a Franken watch pretty much. The the thing is that you also don't really know what's actually in it what's because you're buying things on aliexpress that uh, are advertised as let's say one type of a material or maybe one specific mechanism do you really know what standards are they following when they are building them no not really right so it's um, i think there's a bit there's a bit of a like a higher risk i think when you're buying from aliexpress where a brand is you know doesn't really have any history I think you are paying in terms of fit and finish. I think that that's if, in terms of like actual dimensions and specifications of watches apart from brand name. I think the difference I would say with micro brands is that they would most likely create, let's say, a custom shaped case that fits, sits on your wrist better, hugs your wrist a little bit better, right? Whereas I think a lot of times on Alibaba, they would use, reuse, let's say, a similar case size just so that they can easily fit that mechanism from one watch to another and maybe adjust it slightly, right? So it kind of follows a different design. I think that to me will be the main, the main things you know, that are differentiated. And I was reading recently that micro brands are just rebadging Chinese watches. So well, like it's, some of them probably do. Yeah, I'm sure they have. So it's likely that what I was reading is that it's likely that Chinese contractors, they've been supplying European clients and doing so they learned really well you know um and it makes me think of that video when they kind of compare a real and a fake watch that's like a hyper fake and then the first comment is like the the chinese guy who's replicating this watch is like thank you for pointing out all the little things that we're going to now improve <laughs> in our replica watch <laughs> that's amazing so we have to take into account i think these counterfeit products some of the homage 
cases, I call them replicas at this point, they're identical to them. Yeah. Courge, like we were talking about Courgeot or Courgeot, it's a counterfeit tutor. And they're basically identical. Identical. You can look it up, like B1 tutor, B1 Courgeot, B1 case. So it's it's incredible what they're able to offer, like you were saying, in in in, in pure specs, right? Double dome sapphire crystal, air coated, 316 stainless steel, fully loomed, 100 meter water resistance. And then you get for Seiko, you get the same stuff, but then you get a mineral crystal. <laughs> you get less value. Uh, you you get like, oh, they get screwed links. This one's just push pins. Uh, this one will get a milled clasp from Seiko, or this one push clasp. This one's a full milled clasp. It, it's it's you're able to get a lot more. So it's it's relative to like what the value means from that identity. If you look at, I think a good example was this one was. Maybe I'll start with that one. You see the Baltic came out with their first dress watch and they threw in that Chinese P5000. It's a peacock movement. Mm -hmm. It's like this micro rotor sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then Lobini or Lobani, whatever it is, created the same watch called the Interlaken and stuff, which I find is actually better looking than the Baltic and whatnot. In first, subjectively. But it puts it to perspective. Like, do you want, uh, and it's a lot cheaper, by the way, a lot cheaper than the Baltic. What do you go for there? How much is that name of Baltic worth to you? So that's, that's, that's one of the, the um, maybe a selection there. If you're looking for a dress watch, you like that Baltic, look, consider the Lobini uh, that has the, um, the, the Chinese caliber. And they have a lot of really nice watches too, Lobini. They do. They do. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's a, it's a dilemma. Like it's an interesting question. What is it that makes the value of a watch to you? Because you can just pretty much go on Alibaba and buy, find anything you want, like literally anything. You know, I was like, YOLO, let's look for Vacheron Constantine Historic American. And guess what? It's available on Alibaba. Easy. Yeah. You know, like the, the pretty much isn't anything. Uh, I think that one was, and it's a nice looking brand too. There's a store called Octopus Kraken and it's called Baltani. Oh, Baltani. Yeah, Baltani. Ba yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltani 1921. Yeah. It looks amazing. The build quality looks great. And, you know, I'll, I'll quickly go through it. Like, the reason I specifically looked for that one is because I, I really like the VC Historic American. However, that one is $36,000 US. Whereas, whereas this one isn't. Save. <laughs> exactly. This one is, this, this one is you, can, you can, instead of buying the VC for $36,000 US, you can save $800. $800. <laughs> yeah. you, you save $35,700 <laughs> and buy a battery. Exactly. <laughs> but it like... It's amazing. They come in different colors and like the color, look, it looks exactly like the VC. It's except it has that Baltani logo. Yeah. It's $226 Canadian for a watch that has like, you know, an amazing Vacheron Constantin design. But I'll send you the link as well. Like it's, it's a beautiful watch. There are two color variations. I'd like that. I'd, I'd like to own this. This is nice. I think the quality of the build is also very good. The quality has to be there. Absolutely. I think when you look at the, the micro brand, maybe do some mileage on what you said. You look at Laurier, big fan of them. The reason you want to buy is because, you know, and Leon said it when he was on our podcast is, you know, you buy the seller. And here there is no seller. It's just yeah. a website and you don't know what you're going to get. And the, maybe the QC won't be great. But like Laurier is a good example where you could find that watch the GMT on at AliExpress for a lot cheaper than what they're selling it at right now. Um, so it puts yep. it to perspective there. It's like, well, why would you just not buy that San Martin? 
or buy that balcony or Bottery, whatever it is. There's just some great watches there. Um, sometimes because you're like, well, I really like that micro brand. I got a chance to speak to them and meet them. And they're going to guarantee me quality that if it's no good, I can just email them and say, hey, sorry about that. Send it back. That's also an important yeah. relationship that you have when, with buying these watches. If you just want to get the cheapest watch for the best price um, for specs, you know, maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the other thing. I mean, technically, the watch manufacturers on AliExpress, they also have their own stores. Sometimes they even have their own website right. separately. Like, you kind of also have to know uh, a little bit the seller who you're buying from. Right. I think I saw it somewhere on maybe on the YouTube uh, channel somewhere where, like, let's say if you're searching for the first time, just don't go for any sellers that are under like 4.5 stars or 4.7 and have obviously a lot of reviews. Um, but there are some brands that are more well-known. Like you mentioned, uh, I think Lobini is out there. I think there's, you know, the, well, the Seagull is Seagull, but you have uh, brands like um, Steel Dive and uh, San Martin actually is probably one of the famous yeah. ones uh, that are, you know, like I think that are safe to buy from. Can I ask you a question, Dimitri? Uh, however, for our listeners out there, uh, oof, I don't know. do you think that because of people like Jody in Just One More Watch, or that guy from relative time that review these these AliExpress brands in depth and do comparisons and talk about quality versus the micro brands or mainstream brands. Do you think that that is up the confidence of people to buy these AliExpress brands? Does it do it for you? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Because it's one thing to look at the website and AliExpress, sometimes the websites and even the watch, watch pages are so ugly. The description, spelling There's mistakes. a lot of typos. Yeah. Yeah, spelling mistakes, typos, it looks horrible because you're buying a watch that's a mechanical device that has to be very precise. If you, if I'm looking at your website and I see typos and spelling mistakes, it makes me think that the mechanism I'm buying also is going to have right. errors and issues with it. So it doesn't give me confidence. I, I agree. I think the fact that Jody has been reviewing a lot of those and you know, I think specifically he talks a lot about Samar 10. Yeah, he says it's the top. It, it, gives, it, it creates... It creates confidence, right? Because people's reviews and feedback is what helps get in there. But then at some point, if the company Samaritan uh, becomes quite more famous, there's no maybe need for them to keep making Alibaba watches and just make something on their own because they've built that brand name around themselves. And that's a very good point. I want to ask you a follow-up question. So if you look at San Martin, which Jody considers one of the top, one of the watches I want to share here, because it's not an homage, it's called the San Martin Original Design GMT. It's like this like green, teal, orange hand. It, it actually makes me think a little bit of the fairer colors, colors that you see in fairer with the blue and green and stuff. But it's called the Original Design. Do you think that eventually they're going to just be able to give the micro brand market itself its own run for its money and just become a micro brand, even though it doesn't have a face directly to it and it doesn't have a kiosk set up, but they'll be able to eventually get there. Do you think that that's a possibility? Yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, you said original. Is the name of the watch original design? You know what? I don't the know. Is, it's an, <laughs> if you Google San Martin original Lupo. design GMT, that's the one that pops up because they have a lot of them that are fully homage. They do this beautiful rendition of a right. 1953 Rolex skin diver or whatever it is. It's like with the gilt and everything. It, yeah. It, but that one's not a, obviously original, but the original design is original. It's not an, an homage to anything. Right. Okay. 
No, it'd just be funny, right? Like if it's a, <laughs> it's like a loophole. It's an exact copy of a Submariner, but it's called original design, so you can't sue us. You know, what's funny about what you just <laughs> said is there's a there's a brand called Swiss Watch Company SWC. They can't just call it SWC because of the the there's something they have to do with IWC. In fact, there's a law that says that brands are not allowed to put the name Swiss in their in their name. And they were able to get it in before it became a law in like the 80s. They were one of these brands that supplied cases to a lot of, of other watch brands. But there's an interesting story behind the, the Swiss watch company, SWC, that, are, that also is a micro brand that kills it in terms of bang for buck and price. Uh, they're an American company. But... But that's interesting. You say, yeah, they they loophole it by calling themselves the Switch Watch Company, all made in Hong Kong. <laughs> but it's yeah. not. It's not at all. Um, this is a one hundred percent original watch brand name. Brandy. Exactly. <laughs> um, almost. But food. to answer your question, <laughs> yeah, almost food. <laughs> it's like, but it's food, right? It's like I can't legally call it that. It's almost food. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost food. Almost food. The uh, to answer your question about microbrands, I, I mean. We're we're not really like I'm not really knowledgeable enough about the the intricacies of uh, having a micro brand versus an Alibaba brand, but perhaps maybe uh, they they're not going after that niche market because it's one thing that maybe people do, maybe the the volumes of people who want to buy replicas uh, is what they are going for instead of an original watch from a brand name that nobody really knows, right? Maybe so, and again, I don't know how they assemble their watches. Maybe the quality is just not there to be able to create watches um, of their own. Right. Maybe the quality is only good enough to make very affordable replicas. Who knows? Who it knows? depends on what their manufacturing is. But they could, could possibly, and then, like you mentioned, I think, I I think some, I think I also saw that also on Alibaba or somewhere when I was looking at the different brands on uh, AliExpress, that San Martin is like making their own stuff as well. But and this is, I think that could be another question is, and to you, what is making your own stuff? Because everybody pretty much, like the Manhattan that, we, that you want to buy, we just talked to, it's a Vacheron Constantin from 1950s. It's it's like almost an exact copy. Like if you look at it, it just has mine on it and it has some nice bells and whistles that are different. You're right. But like, what's an original watch? It's people taking ideas from different watches in the past and then put them in a blender and then create their own thing by taking this is inspired by that that's inspired by this is inspired by that but overall as a package it's a brand new watch but I also think like if you took all these beautiful women and you're like I'll take her hair her eyes her this you put it together you go oh my god mother of god but then every once in a while what comes out of that you go oh my god she's beautiful she's glorious that can happen too but it could also be like some crazy franken what you go oh my mother of god um, no for sure you, you have to have designers you can't just like copy paste yeah. things and I but, think, you know, Thomas Van Stratton walking us through his VPC watch, he has all of these inspirations, but he's being so calculated, meticulous. Well, these other ones, they just kind of like, I guess, they just put everything together and spit it out. They go, Jesus, this is awful. <laughs> or they'd seem to do it right. Let's just do exactly what they did and stamp some other name on it. Yeah. It puts it in perspective. I think one of the famous ones that everyone kind of looks out, and I think it's the entry to a lot of the mechanical chronographs, is the Seagull. Coming from the Tianjin watch factory, they sold the rights for the for that brand name. And then you get people like Julian Catman and Polio24 who will sell it. If you want the Seagull from the actual Seagull coming out of that specific factory, it's like exponent, not exponential, it's factors, it's multiples more expensive than what you can get off AliExpress. And you have to be careful because some of them are really shitty and they're no goods. Like, oh, follow this guy from AliExpress, he'll give you a good watch 
there. So this one does have a lot of lineage coming from the 1940s, a movement that was derived from old Venus chronographs and used by the Chinese Air Force. Acrylic crystal, but they have options with sapphire, 40 millimeter, 42 millimeter, mechanical movement. And I think the watches has them at about $150 US. That's a good price for a mechanical chronograph. Lot to, 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 to say about that. So that's an option of people out there say, what chronograph could I get? I wanted to share that one as well. Did you have an option you wanted to share as well that people should be looking out from AliExpress? Well, I have a f- bunch of different watches, and I think uh, some of them are, I think, pretty good alternatives to like well, like, like the one the Citizen release that I just talked about, which is supposed to replace right. the Seiko. It's still four hundred bucks. Uh, there's a brand called Steel Dive, and uh, it's a you know I think it's one of the other few let's say more or less known brands on AliExpress that are trustworthy. Right, and. You know, no no hiding there. They make homages or replicas of watches, pretty much. Yeah. But you know, and most of their watches, if not all of them, have an H thirty five movement. But you get a lot. Like there's a clear homage to Seiko sixty two mass, like the original one. You know, has an uh, an H thirty five movement. It's two hundred meters of water resistance. It's a forty two millimeter watch that you know almost shaped exactly the same as the um, like the Seikos that the Seiko divers and. Uh, with an H35 movement, 200 meters of water resistance, I think it's a bit on the thicker side. It's 15.6, but it's a it's a, like a double dome sapphire crystal, right? Which you don't get in an SKX. And this thing is 150 no. Canadian dollars. It's less than half the price of that super affordable Citizen that was just released. Exactly. And it's not worse in terms of specs. It's just it's called Steel Dive and it's made in China. But like I've looked on some reviews on YouTube specifically about that watch. It's nice. And it's just one of the examples. Like that same brand, if you really want to try like a Plo Prof, like they have a Plo Prof, yeah. which is so cool. They also have one, I think specifically Steel Dive has a very good quality homage of the Seiko 6109, the Yamura or the Apocalypse Now, the Captain Willard. Oh yeah. They have a very, and that one is actually one that circulates quite a bit. They have a green one and a black dial version of that one that, you know, why would I go pay $4,000 for that Seiko and I could get this that's, you know, equally spec, maybe yep. not that high beat movement that Seiko like really wants to promote, but definitely something there. And you know, speaking of that high beat movement that Seiko wants to promote, looking at that movement, what what is it that I'm missing? Why is that movement so expensive? Spec wise, I don't see right. anything about that movement that's higher end. It's not regulated to one second per day. What is it then? I, like to me, I don't really understand. Maybe I'm missing something completely. Maybe we'll, we'll do some research. We'll come back with that to really understand what the difference is between those movements and how they're finished. Apparently, they're done in the same factory as Grand Seiko. Um, I mean, is that... Anyway. It's, a, it's a perceived kind of value. Is that right? important? Is it, does it, does exactly. it improve the build quality? Just because Maybe it's in not. the same uh, factory as Grand Seiko? Uh, I'll take the leap again. Tudor, when they had the, the Tudor Black Bay, they had a bunch of them with ETAs, Swiss ETAs from the Swatch Group. And then they end up saying, we're going to go manufacture Calib and do something in-house. And a lot of people were actually upset. They're like, no, I don't care about the movement. I just want something that's reliable that I can get service and not have an issue. So maybe some people go, no, I, I don't care. An NH35 or an H34 is perfect for me. I just want manual wine. I want automatic and easily serviceable. And while you're at it, close that case back. I don't need to see that ugly, ragged movement. But then give me a good clasp, a good dial, and a great bezel, right? Yep. Yep, and yeah, that steel dive you just sent. Yeah. Oh, the the one that I sent to you is that Plo Prof. It's beautiful. It looks like it's super well built. It's not cheap. It's a uh, five hundred and fifty Canadian dollars. 
but yeah, but a Pro Plus is like fifteen thousand dollars. So there you go, save fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. But the build quality is there. Like if you look at it, it's like a uniblock case, by the way. Eh? It, it's not a is the monoblock. So yeah. you have to go through the dial it's, to get to the movement. It's pretty. Like it looks amazing. It does. You know, I would you get something like this just to try. It yeah, because you never had a Pro Plus. You're like, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff like this, and uh, you know, like there's a very cool version of a um, Daytona clone. Yeah, from Suji's. I think. I think. I don't know if they how are they related. I couldn't find. It's the the Sujal and the Suges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So which Suges has a Daytona clone with a brand new Chinese automatic chronograph movement? It's the Peacock uh, SL forty eight oh one. Yeah, and I looked at about about this movement, this big, this movement, and up until recently, they would put. Um, there's another brand uh, that does. Uh, there's, there's another brand that basically does a clone of a seventy-seven fifty Ita seventy-seven fifty. Yeah, they used to put that in that um, in this watch, and it would make it a bit thick because of that. So, like, unlike a regular Daytona, this one would be like sixteen millimeters thick or something like that. Right. Uh, however. When this new movement was released, that Peacock 4801, it's basically the same clone of a 7750, but it's quite a bit thinner. It's 1.5 millimeters thinner. Also has more power reserve, 55 hours versus 42. So it's an automatic mechanical chronograph, 55 hours of power reserve, 4 hertz, with three subdials uh, in a Daytona copy clone for right. $600 Canadian dollars. Like, right. It's yeah. a copy of a uh, Etat seventy seven fifty, but thinner. And that Daytona clone, by the way, is only twelve point five millimeters thick. F- could you find me a chronograph at that price? That's that thin? No, like probably not. And speaking m- of Suges, like what I think is interesting because you mentioned the you say the the Seagull, the nineteen oh one Suges, you can find, you know, a rendition or a cl- <laughs> homage, whatever you want to call it, or a copy of the Zenith El Primero, or the Daytona that you just mentioned. And they use that Seagull ST1902, which is the one that's coveted in that Seagull 1963. So if you want that movement, you can get that and you can just get an homage of whatever it is that you'd like. Yeah. So that's, I think, is an interesting, an interesting offering from Suges as well. Um, that was one that I noticed there. And then it puts it to perspective. Like, why get it versus what? What's out there? Dan Henry has those... Nevada, like you just said, Mecca Quartz chronograph. So Dan Henry has put his name on it. Nevada has put an old rendition on their chronographs. You can get a Mecca Quartz movement that's there. Um, Studio Underdog. I think that was a very good, interesting use case of like, why would I get that? They took that Seagull movement and they made a very popular, no, uh, very nonsensical, you know, fun chronograph. The watermelon was their big one. They have a ch- mint chocolate chip. They have a desert sky, and they have like a goofy panda. I think it was called. And like now, now he's moved on to do something different. But that's a good example where you can't find that on AliExpress because he went totally original design and very, very fun. But other ones it makes you question. Well, I'll just go get this. It looks pretty much the same. You're not go- you're not making me a watermelon watch now. Yeah, uh, I I mean maybe then another angle to look at this is that watches are still it's a luxury item and the brand plays a huge role I think in in maintaining the value of the watch. Right. So I don't know many people who would go and buy 
a $600 automatic chronograph on AliExpress. You're right. Even but- though it's it's perfect. It's a beautiful watch and mechanically might be better than a lot of watches that are $3,000. I also think there's a huge case for the following. I think that what AliExpress can also offer is for some people who will to be able to get a feeling, a wear, a decent quality homage to maybe a grail they'll never have. Not everyone would ever be able to get a Nautilus or Royal Oak or $15,000 IWC Ingenieur. They just came out with this XDAO Engineer, it's called. And you could choose which movement you want. You could put an ETA 2024. You could put a Salidas W200. Or you could put in the Peacock movement. It starts at 300 bucks Canadian. Integrated bracelet looks just like an Ingenieur with a different logo. But some people say, oh, I'm never yeah. going to be able to. I'm not only ever be able to say, I'll never buy myself that watch. It's not the one I want. I, I, let's be honest here. People have mortgage. People have kids. People have responsibilities. They're not going to go drop 15,000 US dollars on a watch. But they maybe want to be able to feel exactly what it would be like. And maybe not a micro brand that'll try to make it its own so it says it's not a copy. Some people go, no, I want that copy. I want to feel like it would be like to, to wear that replica. I think Genot had a huge market for that. All the controversy behind it, it's still running strong. Why? Because people wanted ultra high build quality. They want the feeling of a Rolex. They want it to be serviceable. And they don't care what other people think. But some people don't like the idea. Someone goes, hey, is that a Rolex? You go, no, it's my Genot. <laughs> some people go, they don't want to have that conversation. It's like, all right, that's good for you. That's <laughs> my. It's my uh, peacock. It's my suggest. peacock. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> wow. Maybe another argument can be made um, for people who are buying uh, designer brands that are like super overpriced, shitty quartz watches. Right. Buy this instead of dropping like $400 on a guest watch. Right. So, and mechanically, these are nice. Like, Again, it's the, you kind of have to know the brand. You have to probably have some feedback, and I think that's where Jordi kind of is bringing light to that attention our, to it, bringing light to that because he actually goes and buys those and then reuse them after. Yeah, because I would never buy uh, like a Suge's Daytona for six hundred dollars unless I see it first, right? Uh, unless I know somebody who bought it and I can see a review somewhere. It's still a lot of money to drop on a watch that you don't really know. It's like a, it's a little surprise, a little Pandora with his box. But- Jody's reviewing, and when you see, like, for example, San Martin came out with a 38 millimeter vintage 6200 diver. This thing has a ghost NH35 movement, 200 meter water resistance. This watch on AliExpress is $275. This is clearly a, a rendition, I guess, an homage to the Rolex Submariner of 1953 or the new Tudor Black Bay 54, 58 at 38 millimeters. They have one that's smaller. Really looks like the Tudor, yeah. Just looking at it now in terms of where it says uh, 200 meters, 660 feet. It's a, it's a Rolex. It's pretty much a, a Rolex. But at that price, maybe you go, yeah, hell, let me try. I want a vintage skin diver Rolex replica of 1953. I'll never be able to afford one myself, even mil-spec divers. That's a good example of where you can actually get this as well. Let's be on. Look, look, Mark II, Bill, um, Bill Yao, who owns Mark II, and also Tornick Rayville. This guy makes... The old Mark II. He'll he'll give you a mil spec, or he'll give you that old Omega Seamaster three hundred that uh, the 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 old vintage diver, and he charges quite a bit. But his stuff is all from China as well, and it's high quality. And he does the design cues to be like, I really want it to be like this in terms of the one that was from the fifties or this like the sixties. And so maybe there's more inspiration. There. Well, this one goes, no, just make a copy of that, <laughs> stamp it, Sam Martin, and 
out of the shop. Yeah, uh, maybe you could say that having a brand name is the way to it's a way of a quality control almost. Maybe yeah, because you are. I mean, a lot of watches are still made in China and assembled in China. But if you're buying it from a well-known brand, you know that that the stamp of that name comes with, with that stamp comes a specific uh, reassurance that you know it's going to be good quality. I think I think of that micro. The one that bugs me is that Baltic micro rotor. I mean, they're guarantee. Oh yeah, we got service. We got a guarantee on all this. But when that is up, I don't know how that's gonna work. Right? You got to send that back to to China to get it serviced. I don't know if they're gonna be able to just get pieces like an ETA or Miyota movement, which is what Baltic uses in most of their watches. You don't think you can find somebody here who could service that with the movement? Not no, at all? it's probably cheaper to order a new movement itself from China for like $100, throw out the old one and shove that one in the case and be like, yeah, done. That's easier than you trying to find pieces and working at that movement probably, right? It's just disposable. Yeah, It's like these $1,000, let's be honest here, these $1,000 Chinese tourbillons. There's no service behind that. When that tourbillon is dead, you're just going to order another one for like $300 and you're going to shove it in that case and then and that's it. And even then, I don't think you could just what do that breaks. with a tourbillon. When it breaks, all of the springs <laughs> just fly out. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of springs. Yeah. They fly Thousands, into your soup. Yeah. But I don't know if they're able to, to even work on these things. So I think that's a, a, an interesting consideration. Yeah. But guys, I don't, I don't think it's all just homages and whatnot. China or the Chinese watch brands are stepping up. Atelier Wen, which are a bunch of French guys that went to China that are building Chinese watches. Very expensive, mind you, but you know, they had some porcelain watches at 500 bucks. But here, Siga. Design, which is a Chinese watch brand. They just won a Grand Prix de yeah, yeah. de Genève. They won a red dot. With a uh, blue award, planet right? watch, which is essentially like an iPod. Original design, a thousand bucks. It has a Miyota movement that's, I think, modified. And it's it's original, very original. And it won in at the Oscars of watchmaking, the world, like the, the, the world awards of watchmaking. Um, I think it won or is nominated. But it's still to be there is, is quite remarkable. So there is value there as well. But again, that's... And you can find those, I think, on AliExpress. Siga, de, Siga Design. So it is an AliExpress. So that, that, that's one of the takeaways as well, guys, to also have a look. Um, there, is, uh, there is value there as well. But they're, they're definitely making a name for themselves now, these AliExpress brands. And uh, you're right. Yeah, it looks like it won. I went to the website and uh, in 2021, they won uh, GPHG. Definitely knew it was nominated. I don't it's know if it was one. Yeah. I always start to think about it's a slippery slope. I don't know if this happens to you listeners out there or to you, Dimitri. You start shopping, you look at, for example, Timex. You go, that's a great brand name. Then you start looking at the spec of that watch. You go, yeah, but this is crap. Then I can slip it to a micro brand and say, look, this one offers so much more. And then you look at a micro, an AliExpress brand, you go, this one offers even more than this micro brand. It's like a slippery slope when you get into some of these cheap mainstream watches, such as like Timex, which sometimes you go, they're just really leaning on their name. Although they're doing some nicer things now. They're doing some really nice things. Uh, but they also pump out a lot of crap, I find, too. It, it kind of, again, I guess I'm repeating myself a little bit. It's the quality. It's the comfort knowing that the quality is going to be there. Because on paper, yeah, they can offer a lot more. But then is that a, a difference or th is that a, a, a lot more going to work well on my wrist? Is that going to be, is the finish going to be good? Um, that's something that that alibaba stuff doesn't have any confidence in so me. i think they're starting to be around a long longer time san martin's around being there chronos being over there steel dive starting to make its name suges um 
So I think micro brands need to watch out. Not well, not watch out, but I think they're getting the legitimacy of which you're saying takes time to get. Was it an intended pun? And and I think that they're going to make a splash that's never been made before because they're they're kind of exposing. I think because of the internet as well, just how good they become and how at par they are with these other brands. So I think there's a lot of value to look at these AliExpress brands if it's something you're looking for. If you're looking for that that grail that you'll never be able to buy, that you never want to buy, if you want that real look but you want to save thousands of dollars and you don't care about the micro brand that's behind it, you want to get better bang for buck, AliExpress really is the way to go. So leverage folks like Just One More Watch, like Jody. There's a lot of reviews online. Read on Reddit. Read on Watch You Seek. You can get a lot of honest reviews from them if they've dealt with problems, uh, QC issues, but they're really stepping up their game. Anything to add, Dimitri? I want to buy a watch from AliExpress. See what it's like. Better yet, AliExpress, send us a watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Ali. Hey, hey, Ali. Ali. <laughs> I guess the, Ali, it's, I guess his it's name. It's now, right? send uh, us a watch. Steel Dive, send us a watch. I want to I want to try Hemdollar. Send us a watch. We want to see. I've had a Hemdollar before. Very good. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you. So would you buy a $400 Seiko 5 still or a $200 Steel Dive or whatever on AliExpress? For, for listeners out there, I think there's two answers to this one. If I was at the beginning of my collecting career and I had a small, 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 small collection, I'd go with the Seiko. If you're a veteran and you know what it is, you're like, you know what? Let me go take a shot of that. I've seen all the Seikos before. So for today, though, I would go with Ali because I've had Seikos. I've tr- I had them all. But now I want to try something else, see what's there, see how it compares. And what I want to do, actually, is to try some watches that are really cool, but I would never actually buy because either they're too different, like the Pluprof. It'd be cool to, to buy something like this and try it on. Absolutely. I just found that the Balcony brand they they have amazing watches and i just found basically an exact replica of the rolex oyster the original diver from from uh, from rolex that yeah. uh, mercedes uh, can't remember what her name was the swimmer that the, she they, they they slapped it on her wrist when she was swimming across the the, the english Michael channel no. no it was not it was he was too young i think he was like a couple years old now. who is michael phelps <laughs> in 19 in 1926 yeah. nobody Absolutely. I, I said it to you. Like it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful watch. Absolutely beautiful. Honestly, like if we were, if we had a micro brand, just take that design that from that brand, put your own logo on it, and then boom, that's and your invest first in marketing. Watch. It's a beautiful watch. Seriously, and nobody will ever know, <laughs> except the people who've listened <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> we know who you are. A Jedi mind trick right now. <laughs> you did not like erase it. Like, the last five. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start speaking in reverse. <laughs> just speak Russian. That's what it sounds like, right? <laughs> Can you unspeak unspeak the words that I just spoke? <laughs> Who's that comedian says you speak Russian? It sounds like you're speaking backwards. Russell Peters. What? I think it was Russell Peters. Yeah. No, it was Chris D'Elia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a no, it was good, Russell uh, Peters. Yeah, it was a Chris yeah, D'Elia. Had the thing about like Russians actually, never seem like they're having quite, fun. Quite, quite, You'll never right. hear a Russian say, "Oh my God, holy shit, no way." <laughs> <laughs> they always sound angry. <laughs> it's Chris D'Elia. Holy shit, no way. Super lose. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay, Dima, if you go and buy an AliExpress watch, I'll do one too and we can see what's up. If they don't send one, send do one in. I'm going to write to them and say, send one in. We want to see them and then we'll send it back and then we can buy it if we'd like them. How about that? Yeah, I'll write to, I'll write to Alibaba himself. Alibaba at AliExpress.com. <laughs> <laughs> AliExpress at AliExpress.com. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. 
Tell us what you guys think. Are there any AliExpress watches? Have have they been able to change your mind? Where are they going? And how do they compare to the bigger brands and micro brands of the world today? Thank you to everyone. Have a good week. And we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you like our podcast, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Big Black Clock Watch and through email at info at bigblackclock.watch. Happy hunting. And we will see you on the next episode.